It's a whole new month of the Y'all Show. Welcome to July, and welcome to our first show of the month of July, and the first show for the second half of 2019. Hi there, I'm John Rawl, and you have tuned in Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. This is the program that we discuss everything going in the South with news. We've got a bunch of laws that are changing across the South today as it's July 1st. And we'll tell you about some of the new state laws. You better get off that phone if you're in a couple of these southern states today and at least not let law enforcement see you. We'll let you know about that. Tragedy in Dallas on Sunday. A plane crash there took the lives of 10. We'll have info on that. Plus, believe it or not, we're approaching the 50th anniversary this month of the moonwalk. And Huntsville, Alabama, and the state of Alabama had a big role in that 50 years ago. And a little bit later, we'll tell you about that role of Rocket City as we get ready to celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Apollo landing, uh, the Apollo 11 mission. All that coming up here in just a few minutes. Later this hour, we'll have hashtag hullabaloo. We'll talk about mullet. And no, I'm not talking about what's on the back of people's hair from the 80s. I'm talking about the fish mullet. And I grew up in an area that mullet was not really that common, but evidently it's pretty common in the South. I don't consider myself a big outdoorsman, but in case you don't know about mullet, it's your lucky day. We'll have some mullet talk coming up in a few minutes and hashtag hullaloo. Then we're going to do something extra special to get this month of July off and going. We're going to welcome in Will Seipel, the founder and CEO of WorthPoint.com. He's going to join us from Atlanta. He's a native of Virginia that started this really cool website that, in layman's terms, is kind of an eBay of really high-priced antiques. And he's taken this and done great things over the last decade or so. And this will be part of our Y'all Street Business Report. Will Seipel coming on later this hour you don't want to miss it some great business talk and a great southern entrepreneur we'll have that discussion with mr seipel later this hour when we go over to hour two today we'll look back at the weekend in sports probably the biggest news coming out of the weekend was the nba free agency that hit last night a lot of transactions and i'm gonna have to not hold back i'm gonna go off on the nba i really am i i i I know now why i don't follow it as much and What's happening right now with free agency is probably the main reason why I just don't have the same affinity for the NBA as I did years ago. So we'll talk about that. We'll let you know about who won on the golf tour, both the senior tour and the regular PGA tour this past weekend. Major League Baseball was across the pond. I don't know if y'all saw that. The Yankees and Red Sox renewed their rivalry, but instead of playing it at Fenway or Yankee Stadium, they played in London, England. And I'll weigh in with my thoughts. Maybe you had a chance to see it. The Yankees won both games in that series in London, but we'll have a discussion about baseball, and I'll let you know the latest baseball standings. We're almost to the halfway point of the season, and we've got some updates, some surprises in the standings as teams jockey for position heading into the back half of the season. So we'll have all that, and then our friend Jerry Short will be joining us for short stories from Jerry Short. I know he's excited about turning the page to a whole new month. And we'll find out just what's up his short sleeve when Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola, he joins us in hour two. want to remind you, for the rest of this week, we'll take a closer look at politics on our Tuesday show. When we get to Tuesday's second hour, we'll welcome in the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue. We should probably talk politics with him sometime. 
But instead, we'll talk about grilling out for the 4th of July, as it is kind of one of your main days all year for grilling out. Maybe number one day. I'll have to ask him. But 4th of July coming up on Thursday, and the barrister is going to get you your table set up for exactly what you need to be having on the menu come Thursday and throughout the weekend, the leftovers from your grilling. As the barrister will be on on Tuesdays, y'all show Wednesday, we're going to actually go to Nashville. We hope to have some really cool stuff coming to you from Music Row with Precious Harris on our Wednesday Y'all show. Plus, we'll let you know all that's going on in the ACC. Thursday, if you're one of our radio affiliates, it will be either an encore or no show, depending on where you live, on Thursday. And then Friday will be an encore for our radio affiliates. If you get us via podcast, there will be no original shows coming your way Thursday or Friday of this week just want to let you it's kind of a weird week for everybody out there with the holiday falling on a thursday and we're just going to go ahead and encore it up come friday if you want to let your voice be heard before we start encores on the y'all show we want you to do that by giving us a ring our number is 803-816-1170 our website is y'all.com and you can find us on a couple of really cool streaming apps, too. We're on the iHeartRadio app, the TuneIn Radio app, and we're also on iTunes Podcasts, all free of charge. All you have to do, search for Y'all Show, and our show will be sitting there waiting for you when you log on the next time. Great ways to stay in touch with the show that, again, is all about the South. We start our headlines today with some tragic news as 10 people were killed when a small airplane crashed as it was taking off from an airport in the Dallas area on Sunday morning. This happened in the town of Addison, Texas. A spokeswoman for that town said no one aboard the twin-engine plane survived after it struck a building at the Addison Municipal Airport, which is about 20 miles north of Dallas. It was a Beechcraft BE-350 King Air, and it hit an unoccupied hangar just after its 9 a.m. takeoff, according to the FAA. The agency said that the blaze destroyed the plane, but could not confirm how many people were aboard as they did an initial report on Sunday, but it looks like 10 at least dead there after this plane crashes in the Dallas area. More than 140 new laws take place since it's July 1st today. 140 laws in just the state of Tennessee. I'll tell you about some of our other southern state laws in just a sec, but that is a lot. The people in Nashville have been quite busy this year, and probably the biggest change coming if you're a tennessee driver or you're passing through tennessee is hands-free cell phone usage that's a new law that's going to get probably a lot of attention throughout the volunteer state this week and moving forward i know a lot of municipalities have said that they will give you a warning at first stop but from there on it might get rather pricey as according to authorities more than fifty-six thousand crashes have been attributed to distracted driving and that's just in that's just in Shelby County, actually, Shelby County, Memphis, Tennessee. So that new law will hopefully make a difference in Memphis and throughout the volunteer state. But again, just in Tennessee alone, 140 new laws taking place starting today. Now in Florida, a similar bill as an HB 107 passed, and this is a tougher ban on texting while driving going into effect today with police able to pull over drivers for tapping out messages behind the wheel. In the past, motorists could only be cited if they were pulled over for other reasons. But now authorities in Florida can can kind of get you in trouble if you're texting while driving. Tennessee's hands-free. I, I guess there's a difference. Georgia, here's some 
new bills that have become law as of today house bill 217 exempts syringe services programs from civil and criminal liability for possession distribution and exchange of hypodermic syringes and needles regardless of knowledge of its drug-related use there's also another bill that brian kemp signed into law and goes into effect in the peach state today house bill 228 and this will raise the minimum age for marriage to 17 years and limit the age difference to four years when a minor is involved. The current marriage age, 16 years. And we just told you the other day, Louisiana has a change coming in its boundaries with the change of the marriage age. Now Georgia jumping there with that change to 17 from 16 coming from Atlanta and the Peach State. Speaking of politics in the South, The redistricting fight that's been going on in North Carolina means a lot more now that last week the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that these gerrymandering issues should be solved in state court, not federal court. And now that that's Supreme Court, the federal courts aren't the place to settle these gerrymandering disputes. Opponents of North Carolina's district maps are putting their hopes in state courts. In an election reform group, the state Democratic Party and voters will go to court in two weeks to try to persuade state judges that Republican-drawn General Assembly districts discriminate against Democrats based on their political beliefs and voting history. Isn't that what gerrymandering is actually all about anyway? I was a little taken back that the Supreme Court ruled last week for the state courts to get involved. In fact, voting rights advocates across the country have vowed to turn to state litigation after Chief Justice John Roberts wrote in the opinion last week addressing North Carolina and Maryland cases that federal courts have no authority to determine whether partisan gerrymandering is unconstitutional. So bouncing it back to the states. Have you heard of swamp eels? Well, that's an invasive species that has taken over parts of Louisiana. The swamp eel has been found in New Orleans, and a state biologist says it's the first time the species has been found in the United States. The Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries says the Asian swamp eel in Bayou St. John may have been released for food or from an aquarium. In a news release put out last week, they the news release says these swamp eels eat the same things native fish and animals do, but their effect on native species is not known. So there's a new problem to worry about in the swamps of Louisiana, a swamp eel. More wildlife news coming from North Carolina as North Carolina wildlife officials have, are they're asking for help. They're asking for bra clasp. Yes, if you're a woman, you have a bra. They want your bra clasp to help fix broken turtle shells. How about that story? And the wildlife rescue in North Carolina urging these clasps to help turtles with broken shells at the Carolina Waterfowl Rescue, which is based in Indian Trail, North Carolina. And they put their plea on Facebook over the weekend. Whether worn or not, the agency is asking women to remove the eye closures from the fasteners and mail them in. The eye closures, according to the rescue worker group, says they help wire the turtle shell back together. So who knew that a bra could help out a little turtle? And that's what they're asking for your help there to fix broken turtle shells in North Carolina with that story. Now to Ocean Springs, Mississippi. And this is a story that connects to the king of rock and roll here. So get ready. If you have ever heard of the Gulf Hills Hotel, well, the area of Ocean Springs on the Mississippi Gulf Coast is worried about what will happen to that property. This is a property where celebrities like Elvis, Judy Garland, James Manfields, and Marilyn Monroe all visited in their heyday. And now an investor wants to buy the 92-year-old resort 
and he's met with residents of the Gulfport community that adjoins the 10-acre property, and he wants a shared vision for his what's going to be called a luxury RV park near the water to help make the resort profitable. So that landmark there in Jackson County, Mississippi, could be seeing a change. I don't know how protected it is or not, but maybe you have been a tenant before of the Gulf Hills Hotel, Ocean Springs, Mississippi, and we'll find out what the new owner does with the property. But again, any place that had former guest Elvis Presley, Judy Garland, Jane Mansfield, and Marilyn Monroe must be a pretty cool place. And from the picture, and I've seen it actually from from the road before, it's, it's a beautiful property right there on the Ocean Springs water. And finally, to North Alabama we go for our final headline of the day. As we're getting ready here in just a few weeks to celebrate the 50th anniversary of Apollo landing, of the Apollo landing on the moon back in 1969. And it was on July 20th, 1969, when Buzz Aldrin, Neil Armstrong went out on the moon and changed history. And of course, that rocket that propelled them, the Saturn V, developed in Huntsville, Alabama. And there's a lot of connections between Huntsville and the lunar mission. And all throughout the month of July, people in Alabama, especially around Huntsville, are celebrating the 50th anniversary of the first man on the moon. And you can go to the Space and Rocket Center in Huntsville to learn more about its role in getting Armstrong, Aldrin, and many more missions after that to the moon as we celebrate the 50th anniversary of man walking on the moon and an incredible moment in our world history. That's a look at headlines here on this Monday. When we come back on y'all, we'll switch over to hashtag hullabaloo. We've got a few goodies that we'll share with you. And a reminder coming up later this hour, the CEO of worthpoint.com, Will Seipel, will be joining us. And you'll learn so much about what he's been able to do in the business frontier. And a good Virginia. All that coming up here on y'all. Don't go anywhere. Message and data rates may apply. Up to eight messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Here's news so exciting, it'll put you right to sleep. Right now, Purple Mattress is celebrating the 4th of July by giving you 10% off your Purple Mattress. That's right. Get 10% off your purchase of a Purple Mattress right now during their huge 4th of July sale. This is your best chance to savor this true scientific breakthrough in sleep comfort. Purple is not memory foam. These patented new materials in a brand new design cradle your pressure points, suspend you in the feeling of weightlessness, and let you sleep cooler, deeper, and better than you ever imagined. And even better than waking up refreshed? Waking up with all the extra money you saved. You can even try the Purple Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. Hurry, don't miss your chance to get a Purple Mattress with their best deal ever. 10% off for a limited time during the huge 4th of July sale. Get 10% off a Purple Mattress by texting TRY to 303030. Text TRY to 303030. That's T-R-Y to 303030. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. 
You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. We are back. It is y'all talk with a southern accent. So good to have you back here with us as we continue on with this first hour of our first show of the month of July 2019. And we start out this hashtag hullabaloo with a tweet from N.R. Allen at Nikki R.A. Early, a Southern writer specializing in dark fiction and rural fantasy novels. And how about this tweet coming from N.R.? It says, just found a patch of poison ivy in my flower bed. Hashtag nature. Hashtag napalm. And N.R.'s got a little gif of a video of someone running during an explosion. It looks like from one of your 80s action movies. Explosion there because they found poison ivy in the flower bed. We are in the south and we are in the middle of the summer now that it's July. And poison ivy is here to stay at least for a few more months. Now, it, I'm not going to get into identifying poison ivy. But in case, it's pretty obvious if you have ever been affected by it what it looks like if you don't go google a picture and you'll see it here are some signs and symptoms of poison ivy rash redness itching swelling blisters if you have any of those and it's just like this is more than a mosquito bite it's probably poison ivy now there are certainly plenty of creams that you can go check out and put on your on your skin to to help things out but when does it become necessary for you to go see a doctor well, according to our experts here at the Y'all Show, go see a doctor if your poison ivy reaction is severe and widespread. If it's just everywhere, you might need something more stronger than over-the-counter medicine, okay? If you inhale the smoke from burning poison ivy and are having difficulty breathing. Now, I guess people burn leaves and things like that that might have poison ivy. That, that might be the case for inhaling smoke. I don't think poison ivy is trying to compete with marijuana these days. But yeah, you might have to go see a doctor if you're having a hard time breathing. If your skin continues to swell, go see medical advice. Also, the rash affects your eyes, mouth, or genitals. Please go see a doctor. If blisters are oozing pus, yes, go see someone. If you develop a fever greater than 100 degrees Fahrenheit, go see a doctor. And finally, if the rash doesn't get better within a few weeks, not days, but a few weeks go by, you still are dealing with the signs of a poison ivy rash with the redness, the itching, and eesh, just driving you crazy. You probably need to go see a doctor and get on some kind of antibiotic or something more powerful. Maybe they'll put you on uh, herbal, some kind of hemp or something like that. But we appreciate A.N.R. Allen there on Twitter for sharing that about poison ivy here in the month of July. Rebecca Lane Beidel is on Twitter, at Rebecca Tamara. And Rebecca in her profile says, Stories make us more alive, more human, more courageous, more loving. That a quote from Madeline Engel. So we know what Rebecca's probably about to put here is going to be 
pretty incredible, right? She says, I know they're an invasive species, but I think mimosa trees look so cool. How about that? Two tweets back to back dealing with plant life and tree life. First poison ivy and then something a little bit more appealing to me, at least mimosa trees. And she says, I know they're an invasive species, but I think mimosa trees look so cool. And she's got some great photos, as I think she's a photographer of mimosa trees. Now, I'll be honest, in certain parts of the South, mimosa trees just aren't that common. I remember seeing mimosa trees aplenty driving the interstates of Alabama 25 years ago. That's the first time, especially in the months of June, July, when the little pinkish looking i would call it from afar peach looking color the flower blooms on the tree and they're all over the interstates uh, for whatever reason i guess because they're an invasive species they might have even been planted there intentionally many years ago kind of like bahalia grass and also kudzu but just in case you don't know much about mimosa it's known by a wide variety of common names such as a persian silk tree or a pink cyrus it's also called Lincoran acacia or bastard tamarind, though it's not too closely related to either genus. The species is usually called silk tree or mimosa in the United States, which, according to the experts, is kind of misleading. Now, in the wild, mimosa trees tend to grow in dry plains, sandy valleys, and uplands, and it's become an invasive species in Japan and in the United States. It spread from southern New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut west of was all the way to missouri and illinois but then south all the way to florida and texas so it's got the whole south covered and it's actually cultivated out west its seeds are numerous and they are fertile even over long periods of drought each pod which resemble a flattened bean pod made of paper contains an average of eight seeds the pods burst in strong winds and the seeds carry over surprisingly long distances now here's something to know about mimosa trees and their seeds those seeds are poisonous and the sweet scented flowers are a good nectar source for honeybees and butterflies my advice stay away from the trees up close because you're going to have honeybees gathering around them and again those those actual the, the beans are are, are are poisonous we don't want you to get sick i don't know what how poisonous they could be but be careful out there around mimosas but yes they are an invasive species and might want to be careful finally here we go to tallahassee we go to south florida throughout florida for some dialogue going on between mark cook and a couple of his buddies on twitter mark cook 1970 is the email address and he is an editor-in-chief and beat writer at pewterreport.com that is a website that covers the tampa bay buccaneers and he's also a big seminole fan now he wrote mark cook Midnight mullet fillets and mullet gizzards fry. What was that? How Southern are you quiz again? Question mark. I win. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you about mullet here in a second, but he got some dialogue going back from his fellow FSU alum and a Tampa native, Harvey Riles, who wrote the white row in season fried pretty tasty. Just have to be careful and not overindulge. Okay. That's what Harvey wrote. Then Mark wrote back. I'll eat the yellow more than the white, but it's all good. Even the backbone's fried up. In fact, my granny preferred the backbone over the fillets all day. And then John Prowell responded to these guys. Yellow row is fish cornbread. Now, they're speaking in Florida ease, and I'm not really sure what they're talking about. So let me educate all y'all in case you don't know about mullet, but also row, 
what the heck is roe r-o-e and what the heck is mullet i thought mullet was the goofy stuff guys wore when their hair got long in the back <laughs> you know party up front and and our party uh, business up front party in the back now that's not the same kind of mullet mullet also known as striped mullet are found throughout the state of florida in coastal rivers tidal creeks bays estuaries and along sandy beaches they're a fish that is i think more of a gulf coast fish but you also find them in freshwater areas i don't claim to be an outdoors expert but that's what i've been able to determine mullet m-u-l-l-e-t and it must be something that a lot of people have served up for a long time. Now, these guys are talking about roe and mullet roe, white or yellow. Roe or hard roe is the fully ripe internal egg masses and the ovaries are the released external egg masses of fish and certain marine animals such as shrimp, scallop, and sea urchins. As a seafood, roe is used both as a cooked ingredient in many dishes and as a raw ingredient. It's very similar to caviar and a lot of our fish experts probably are laughing, saying, you don't know about roe, but I've never had roe. Also, I've never had caviar. I guess I got a lot of living left in me. But yeah, these guys, at least in Florida, know what the heck mullet is. They know what roe is. And, and here we are on y'all today letting y'all know what mullet and roe, in case you don't have that. I guess I had a boring fish background. When we went fishing in freshwater lakes, it was all about catfish, brim. And if you were lucky, I guess you got to go crappie fishing. But now mullet is pretty common in some areas of the South. And these guys, including Mark Cook, love to have it and love to have their granny do the backbone over the fillets all day long in their youth, frying up those backbones of mullet and enjoying, enjoying that yellow roe. It's fish cornbread, according to these Floridians. Well, that is a quick look at hashtag hullabaloo here. We're not done with the fun here in hour one. When we come back after the break, we're going to turn our attention to the ATL. Will Seipel is the founder and CEO of worthpoint.com. He's coming on to tell us all about his very enterprising career, how he's gone from Virginia to the Peach State and done great things along the way. We'll hear his great story. You don't want to miss it. It's up next in our Y'all Street Business Report. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. You're catering a wedding, and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential, and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com, and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. Message and data rates may apply. Up to eight messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Here's news so exciting, it'll put you right to sleep. Right now, Purple Mattress is celebrating the 4th of July by giving you 10% off your Purple Mattress. That's right. Get 10% off your purchase of a Purple Mattress right now during their huge 4th of July sale. This is your best chance to savor this true scientific breakthrough in sleep comfort. Purple is not memory foam. 
These patented new materials in a brand new design cradle your pressure points, suspend you in the feeling of weightlessness, and let you sleep cooler, deeper, and better than you ever imagined. And even better than waking up refreshed? Waking up with all the extra money you saved. You can even try the Purple Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. Hurry, don't miss your chance to get a Purple Mattress with their best deal ever. 10% off for a limited time during the huge 4th of July sale. Get 10% off a Purple Mattress by texting TRY to 303030. Text TRY to 303030. That's T-R-Y to 303030. It's Friday night, baby, get ready, set, go. Gonna take you to the crystal and a picture show. Well, the sky's the limit, there's no price too high. Baby, you're the apple of my eye. Got my paycheck in my pocket and some gas in the tank. Honey, your love's better than money in the bank. The Y'all Show on a Monday. Welcome back. Getting ready for the 4th of July. But here on Y'all, we turn our attention to the fireworks of Southern business. And we welcome in a true Southern entrepreneur to the show. Will Seipel is our special guest. He's the founder and CEO of the Atlanta-based company Worth Point Corporation. He is from Clifton, Virginia originally and has done great things in business throughout the years. You're going to learn more about Will. You're going to learn more about what's going on at Worth Point because we're bringing on from Atlanta Will right now. Welcome into y'all, sir. Thank you, John. It's a great show, a great idea. Well, we appreciate it. I think you've got a few good ideas up your sleeve as well, of which we'll tap into. As I mentioned, you're from Clifton, Virginia, and in my learning of history throughout my formative years, Will, I'm I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with Clifton, so you're going to have to help us out if we don't know exactly where that is in the old Dominion state. Well, we're a tiny Civil War town that was in northwest Virginia, the railroad stop. And about 200 of us lived there. Not a whole lot of people, and that was when everybody was home on a Sunday. Ah, okay. And now that's and probably out all... near the Manassas Battlefield. Oh, really? <laughs> is that When you said Civil War battle, is it, I, I was thinking of Manassas. Some might call it Bull Run, but that's where you're talking about right there, not far from Washington, D.C. Yes, sir. You know, and it was, it was tiny then. It was all farmland. Uh, now it's all paved over. Hmm. But uh, what an exciting area to grow up in. Yeah. How long did it take you to get to the nation's capital from your home? Uh, it would take about 45 minutes to an hour drive there. And in rush hour now, it may take three hours. Uh, but, um, back then, it was about 45 minutes to an hour. My goodness. Well, I, I, that's a, I know it, in the old days, it was a beautiful area. And like you said, it's kind of become paved over. And it's really, <laughs> we claim it here on the Y'all Show as part of the South, but it's almost like a whole nother country the way northern virginia has grown and the people that have come in there from literally all over the world so i I hate that but hey you've moved to another place that some people say golly that's not the south atlanta georgia so what are the similarities you found between atlanta and what washington dc is now well you know i i still think atlanta is more like the the old south i grew up in and i there's okay. a lot of truth you can't go home but one day i want to go back to the shenandoah valley i see i really loved it up there 
Okay. But Atlanta, I love, I mean, people here take time. Um, I think the Super Bowl was a great show for us. It's a city that's too busy to hate. Um, you know, we have such a good place here with the, the colleges, the students, the people, the cultural mixes. And uh, there's still a place for the, the, the Old South here. And when I had moved home, and I had moved home to go to Northern Virginia about 20 years ago, uh, I saw it really didn't exist anymore, but I moved down to Atlanta after that, and I just love it down here. You know, um, we're, we're uh, a good mix of everything that's good about the Old South from Georgia Tech and the SEC, <laughs> uh, which I was looking at your site, and then God bless the SEC. My um, oldest son was a drum major at Auburn. Now he's ah, the lead programmer for War us. Eagle. Yeah, War Eagle, man, War Eagle. And... You know, it's 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 a happy place here in Atlanta. I love it. You know, right. you know, do with a little less traffic, but I love the city. Yeah, I, I lived in North Georgia for a while, and I, I tried to stay away from the perimeter as much as possible. But it uh, certainly gives you a lot more options than a lot of our southern towns who only have a Dollar General to go down and shop at. Will before you got yeah, out of Virginia, great place to build a tech company. Yeah, by the way, all um, students here that you can recruit from is just amazing talent all right will you i want to congratulate you before we get away from talking about your native commonwealth of virginia you received back in 2009 the george mason university school of management distinguished alumnus award now everybody who's ever been to college i don't care what you say somewhere in the back of your mind you're like you're thinking i want to go out and do great things and maybe one day be recognized by my alma mater and that's already happened for you so congratulations thank you and there's a bit of a funny story about behind that john um i was the kid that could not get into college Golly. and i was turned down by george mason i was going to play football at tulane middle linebacker and i got hit by a drunk driver about four weeks before I graduated from college at eight o'clock in the morning, he was driving a dump truck uh. and my football career was over and I had to get in all my grades. And that was a mistake for my senior year. Uh, I drove around in a orange Mach one, 1980 Mach one racing, <laughs> like the Dukes of hazards. When I was yeah. a kid, <laughs> it had a three fifty one boss engine and, um, I raced that car and did not focus a lot on school. And I had to go back and convince the president of George Mason I belonged in the university to get admitted. And um, to end up with that award was quite something from the kid that couldn't get into college. Well, you not only got into college, you got your degree in the School of Management, a BA degree, a BS in Business Administration back in 78. And then you went down the street to American University and got your MBA, so kudos on that. And then you got your business career off and going. You worked in a different, a bunch of different companies as a chief financial officer, a COO, and such before you founded WorthPoint back in 2007. So we're going to talk about WorthPoint and what exactly that is, but Will Seipel, can you kind of sum up your pre-worth point days, what you were doing business-wise, other than those titles I just gave? Uh, I learned how to, to think and run businesses and do things practically with technology. And that um, I've always been wanting to be the person to do something different. And I look at I was paid to go to school all those years working with those companies and getting them out of trouble. And we went into troubled businesses that just couldn't get it right, but had good ideas and used technology and the creativity of people to make them into good businesses. 
And we did that all the way from financing and taking some of the companies public and doing some creative things, uh, but always building a business and a better business. So uh, we were the venture guys or the business guys that went in and really built a business and build it for the future and build it to last. And I, I think using people and using technology, it's an amazing combination. And it, it really set me up to build WorthPoint. Well, back in the year that you started WorthPoint, 2007, I was an entrepreneur as well, and things were going pretty well, and everybody was hopefully making money, or things seemed to be cruising along, and then we, we had a downturn in the economy shortly after that. I think it was in 2008 is the year they credit as the, the downturn, but you started WorthPoint in 2007. What led you to do that? And this was, I think, the first time you'd ever branched out as an entrepreneur by doing this, right? It is, you know, and I, I laugh and say there's a closet entrepreneur in all of us with the creativity of people. And I had been thinking through the years and working for other people and saying I wanted to do something well and I wanted to do it different and I wanted to leave a mark. And there's a part of my early childhood uh, that's in Worth Point uh, with understanding the assets. And I had a very European mom that um, was about two generations away from Wales the country of Wales was part of the UK and she had always taught me the value of assets at home and keeping them. And that, um, you know, we were kids that would go out metal detect around the Manassas battlefield and buy and sell things that we found. And so I got into arbitrage early and buying and selling of assets, all that you would have in your home, you know, different things that people collect. And, that always struck me as the change in uh, some of the, the um, my pain my parents went through as disabled vets. My father was a disabled vet from Vietnam and buying and selling family things. And I thought there was a better way to do this with technology. And so it's, it's a pretty complex story and a pretty complex website. Um, but technology and, and going back to that childhood, I wanted to create something that the homeowner could use to value assets in their house simplistically. And that was the idea behind WorthPoint. Well, in case you haven't been to WorthPoint.com, I love the tag you have there, the Internet of Stuff. And if you go to the homepage, you'll see where you can explore over 485 million items and images from both auction houses and online marketplaces. So I'm sorry. I'll just kind of break it down for those of us who aren't quite so savvy on the Internet. This looks kind of like an eBay of antiques. Am I too far off on saying that? No, you're not. Um, we have a lot of eBay's information actually going back 15 years of the prices of things that have bought and sold on eBay. And if I were to position worth point simplistically, we are a Bloomberg system for a huge marketplace, including eBay, uh, where marketplaces create transaction and prices, and we record them so you can figure out what things sold for. And so eBay is an important uh, supplier of data to us uh, because they are a huge marketplace of stuff. And we actually help you identify what stuff you have in your house and what it's worth and keep track of it. 
WorthPoint helps people evaluate, buy, and sell items with precision by providing expert advice and analytical tools, access to the world's largest price database and leading auction houses, inventory from thousands of antique dealers, and a collecting community more than 350,000 strong. That's a large number for a company that's only been around for a dozen years. Will, congratulations. Thank you very much. It's we're popular, I'd like to say. You know, people need us. Yeah. Well, give me an example. If I've, I only have, let's say, one antique item and I want to do business with you, is that okay? Do I have to be some big company or can I just be an individual and log on to WorthPoint? No, you can come on to WorthPoint as an individual uh, all the way to, we have a customer uh, that's known to everybody called the IRS and they use us ah. um, to value things. Okay. But, uh, you know, we we actually um, we have some great stories about people that have had some great finds using WorthPoint, and one of them was a custom, um an individual. And I like to say a customer from um, Boulder, and she found a painting in the trash, and we helped her identify it, and she sold it for a hundred thousand dollars. But uh, one person can come on and research their item. Uh, take a seven-day trial free. I don't. Uh, I don't care if you just use the free part. It's there to be used. And research your item, find it, quit your membership, never get charged. Mm. And so, um, uh, it's there for for the happenstance person, or it's there for the business user, whether it's a goodwill shop, which a lot of them uses, or whether it's you know the IRS looking at people's tax deductions to see if they're reasonable. The insurance industry industry uses us. Well, your company has been quite successful in this startup from 2007, as you were ranked number 505 on the Inc. list of companies for 2013 and number 36 in consumer product goods, number 17th for growth in all of Metro Atlanta. Those numbers might have changed in the last couple of years, but you're on to something there, Will. I'm sure I'm not the first person to tell you that. No, and a lot of, you know, I'm, I'm proud we stayed in Atlanta first of all. Let's talk about the, the Southeast. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, we had venture companies trying to get us to move to California. One of us one of them wanted to move to, uh, Boston, change our name to, you know, I laugh and say there's something more sexy and modern like Dogpile or something, you know, <laughs> search engine. And hire all my employees, hire their employees, hire their advisors. And we didn't do any of that. We stayed down here in Atlanta. And maybe we grew a little bit slower because we didn't, you know, we've never taken outside venture money into WorthPoint. Um, that we, we bootstrapped it with friends and employees. I see. And, you know, I'm proud that we stayed down here and maybe it cost us to do some things slower, but we did them the right way because money was scarce at times. Uh, but we built a really good company with really good employees. Well, the website, worthpoint.com, we're talking to Will Seiple, who started this company 12 years ago, and you can go on there and check out the various things that they offer. Maybe you want to list something yourself, learn more about the, the value of an item you have, and we're all about WorthPoint being a Southern-based company, and Will, as I said, as he, as he just said, he turned away those Yankees and said, take your young Yankee money back to Boston. <laughs> I, I need to stay down here in Chick-fil-A country. Yeah, absolutely. My daughter was working at Chick-fil-A. You know, it's a great place to, to raise your kids. 
Yes. Can I just give you one quick thing about Chick-fil-A? Yeah. My pleasure. (laughs) (laughs) Does your daughter still say that all the time? Uh, I don't know. She's now in the Navy. She's a Navy officer. Oh, well, thank you. She's serving on the USS San Jacinto. Well, we better give her 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 title and where you said what San Jacinto. Yes. Okay. What kind of ship is that? That is a cruiser for the uh, in the escort for the Eisenhower. Oh, okay. The carrier Eisenhower. So uh, they are a battle cruiser with a hundred and some missiles aboard. Well, thank you for your service, Commodore Seipel of the USN, <laughs> Fairwinds and Following Seas. Yes, she's only an ensign. <laughs> okay. She has her eyes set high. <laughs> she is a tough young lady. Uh, okay, but yeah, she wasn't the all. drum major at Auburn. No, no, that was one of my sons. Wow, you've got quite a family there. Congratulations. Yeah. Besides Worth Point, you're, you. you're doing pretty good in other things. Yeah, well, you know, one of the funny questions I was asked by um, one of the the recruiters at Georgia Tech was, how do you get so many good engineers at WorkPoint? And I laughed and I said, you know, you get married, you have kids, and 20 years later, they're, they're good engineers from Georgia Tech. <laughs> and, and so um, the, the son I mentioned from Auburn, he's now in tech and his master's uh, in, an art, uh, I guess, machine learning. And I have a daughter there that's a senior uh, that is in Japanese and programming. Uh-huh. Well, how many kids and do you have, so, Will? I have five. I okay. have five. Got you a whole basketball team yeah. there, which I guess... We had one, and then we had a litter of four, and then we stopped. Well, that is fantastic. Congratulations on that feat. Are you done yet? And I guess that's the big question. <laughs> I'm done. Okay. All right. Well, you know, I, I'm telling you, the second group were quadruplets, so I had to get done quick. Oh, is that right? And I'm not going to... I'm not going to do that again. Well, that is... I don't talk to too many parents of quadruplets, so that's even more worth the point here as we talk to the guy from worth point well will you you are in atlanta we appreciate you taking the time it sounds like you're working pretty close with the georgia institute of technology and furthering along some georgia tech engineers uh, and their careers and what i guess what's next for you with you having worth point out there is there something else that we need to be kind of on the lookout from will siple there's some exciting things coming at WorkPoint with a product, okay. and we're about to unleash a whole new website for WorkPoint, reskinned, and homeowner consumer products. You know, we've kind of been the Henry Ford marketing approach. Um, we're growing at about 50% a year, and we don't do any sales and marketing. None. Golly. And, and a reminder, pretty, you pretty already kind of touched on it. You're still a privately held company, right? Correct. Okay. That is correct. And with about 50% growth, uh, we don't do any sales and marketing. And that uh, we're going to start changing some of that. And we've never really differentiated between a product for a consumer and a product for a business. We have a homeowner product that will be coming out in the late fall that we've been working on for some time. Where it will allow the homeowner to keep all their items in there stored on a virtual vault keep the values updated who who you may want those items to go to to someday uh, to allow auction houses or professionals in certain cases like in Facebook selectively turn on for other people to see and, and uh, maybe make you an offer through somebody like eBay or offer to sell it on their platform. 
So I'm, I went through my mom dying a couple years ago and she left sticky notes on everything uh, with what she recalled as the history, what she wanted to happen to it or something. And all that will now be possible to keep in a WorthPoint virtual vault at $100 a year. Keep it updated. Keep your research with it. Keep the provenance with it, which is critically important. And all that will be coming out on WorthPoint in the next six months. That is awesome. We'll be on lookout. Again, we've been talking with the CEO of WorthPoint, Will Seipel, and he has his company based in the Sandy Springs area of Metro Atlanta, and he has been kind enough to talk to us today, and we encourage everybody to go see what his company is all about. And Will, we wish you much success going forward, especially being the father of Count 'em Up 5. Way to go. And kudos to your <laughs> kudos to your bride, who the mother of these children as well. Well, thank you. All right. When y'all comes back, we will get on to more information in hour two. You don't want to miss it. We'll have the tell of tales from Takapola coming our way. It's y'all talk with a southern accent here on this Monday. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Mirror bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. Message and data rates may apply. Up to eight messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Here's news so exciting, it'll put you right to sleep. Right now, Purple Mattress is celebrating the 4th of July by giving you 10% off your Purple Mattress. That's right. Get 10% off your purchase of a Purple Mattress right now during their huge 4th of July sale. This is your best chance to savor this true scientific breakthrough in sleep comfort. Purple is not memory foam. These patented new materials in a brand new design cradle your pressure points, suspend you in the feeling of weightlessness, and let you sleep cooler, deeper, and better than you ever imagined. And even better than waking up refreshed, waking up with all the extra money you saved. You can even try the Purple Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. Hurry, don't miss your chance to get a Purple Mattress with their best deal ever. 10% off for a limited time during the huge 4th of July sale. Get 10% off a Purple Mattress by texting TRY to 303030. Text TRY to 303030. That's T-R-Y to 303030. We've got the sparklers lit and we're ready to set ablaze another hour of the Y'all Show. It's going to be quite a bang here in our second hour of the Monday edition, the 1st of July edition of the Y'all Show as we begin a whole new month working together on the all southern program coming up in just a few minutes our friend jerry short will be dropping by with tales from takapola you're going to enjoy hearing jerry and all the fun and history and everything that goes on around takapola and our short stories with jerry short that's coming up in just a few minutes right now though we start out this hour with a look back at sports and a kind of a discussion about sports this is our sports recap of the weekend the big story i guess from out throughout the whole weekend if you tuned in was the nba they just ended their season a few weeks ago with the toronto raptors capturing the nba finals that was a surprise to many 
And again, a hearty congrats to our friends, and I lose the, use that term loosely, up in Canada with their NBA Finals Championship. But NBA in the news over the weekend with free agency kicking off Sunday evening and the big news about Kevin Durant, the former Texas Longhorn. He appears to be heading to Brooklyn to suit up for the Nets, but it won't be this year. Likely it will be the following year. He's got some real health issues. He's having to kind of battle through here in the offseason, but it looks like KD going to be a Brooklyn Net. Now, other news from the NBA to tell you about that went down on Sunday and going on throughout the next couple of days. It looks like veteran forward Taj Gibson, he's going to be leaving Minnesota and will go to the New York Knicks. Deal worth two years at $20 million for Gibson. The New York Knicks agreed also to come up to terms with Julius Randle, a $63 million deal for him. Now, J.J. Redick, he's leaving Philadelphia. He's heading to the New Orleans Pelicans. That's kind of a, a good surprise that he's coming south. Now, a, a guy that I'm kind of mad about heading outside of Charlotte, it appears, Kimball Walker of the Charlotte Hornets appears to be heading to the Boston Celtics. Now, Kimba was an all-star. He was a starter on the all-star team last year of the Eastern Conference. And here he is leaving Charlotte, a franchise that just missed out on the playoffs. I think they finished ninth place in the Eastern Conference. And their star player is out. And that's why I'm mad at the NBA. The NBA, I would say more than any sport from a fan loyalty standpoint, is all fouled up. And it's not just the Kimba Walkers of the world. You can go back to LeBron James. Look at how many teams LeBron James has bounced around with the last couple of years. And they can do it so easily. It's hard as a fan to like a team because your players are changing so much in the NBA. You don't have that kind of familiarity like you had in the old days, back in the good days of the NBA. So that's why I like the Hornets. That's my team, but it's hard to follow them. I don't even know who's on the team these days, especially when someone like Kimball Walker moves on. And I guess they have other players that might stick around. But I saw something the other day. They don't have a single point guard on the Hornets right now signed because they signed Tony Parker, the guy that helped lead the Spurs to a couple of NBA titles. They signed him for a a deal that he just retired from, and Tony Parker's out of the league, and the Hornets don't have a single NBA point guard. And I'm sure they'll remedy that here before the season starts. But it's hard to be a fan when you don't even know who any of your players are and when these player rosters get totally remixed in the offseason. And it's just not quite the same as the old days where at least you kind of had that love for many years of a player and the quest for a title. And players would come back for a team and play years and years and get even better. To the sport of golf we go, Steve Stricker, he has made his U.S. Senior Open debut look quite good as he got a win in South Bend, Indiana. He birdied the opening hole Sunday and was never threatened on his way to a 169 for a six-shot victory, and that was a huge win. He finished 19 under 261 on the Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame, breaking by three shots the U.S. Senior Open record which was set only two years ago by Franklin, Kentucky's Kenny Perry at Salem Country Club. But Steve Stricker now, and now these past 50, competing on the senior tour as he wins the U.S. Senior Open in his debut there. Now on the PGA Tour, they were in Detroit over the weekend playing at Detroit Golf Club. Congratulations to Nate Lashley winning his first PGA Tour event. 
there and 1.3 million his earnings for the weekend that win just enough to defeat familiar players like Vanderbilt's own Brant Snedeker who finished a couple of shots back eight shots back tied for fifth and another golfer to tell you about Patrick Reed the Masters winner from two years ago he also finished in a tie for fifth there at Detroit Golf Club the Rocket Mortgage Classic now golf's inching its way toward the British Open that's in a couple more weeks and we'll have our friend Jason Nall back on to tell you all about that when the time comes for that tournament. But the Rocket Mortgage Classic in the book. And we've got a first-time PGA Tour winner winning that this past weekend. And now what's up next for the PGA Tour? They go to Moline, Illinois. It's the John Deere Classic coming up this weekend. I love this particular event. And that's where Jordan Spieth won his first PGA Tour event a couple of years ago. Then after this weekend, there in Illinois in the Quad Cities area, they'll go across the pond, the, most of the golfers, to the Open Championship July 18th through the 21st. And then you'll have the Barbasol Championship for all of those who don't qualify for going to the Open. They will be playing around Auburn, Alabama for that particular PGA event. Major League Baseball, the All-Star Game is only eight days away. It'll be just about july 8th is when that will be held in cleveland and so now that we're inching toward the halfway point of the major league baseball season let's take a quick look at the standings and we'll start with the al east there was somewhat of a battle a battle royale not royale but royal as they faced off in london over the weekend the new york yankees and the boston red sox what a great presentation that these two teams put on there in london england for the first time baseball has been played at least regular season form in europe and a beautiful setting there great job with the ballpark getting it ready turning a soccer pitch into a baseball field and the yankees won both games of this series the two game series against the bow Sox, and it was an offensive outburst on saturday they both scored six runs in the first inning both the yanks and the red Sox. In the end, the Yankees prevailed Saturday. The Yankees prevailed on Sunday. In the AL East standings, the Yanks do lead the division. They're seven games on top of the Rays. The Red Sox are 11 games back. The Blue Jays and Orioles trail the AL East standings. In the AL Central, congrats to the Minnesota Twins. They have an eight-game lead over the Cleveland Indians right now. The Twinkies are 53 and 30. The Shy Sox just under 500 with a 39 and 42 mark. Detroit and Kansas City are pulling up the rear. And the American League East, the two Texas teams are right there fighting it out for the top. And right now the Strohs have a six and a half game lead over their rival from Arlington in Texas as the Astros on top of the Rangers there. Oakland is midway in the division. The Angels and the Mariners are pulling up the rear of the AL West. In the National League East, it's been a real battle there all season. And right now, the Atlanta Braves are enjoying a roughly six-game lead over their NL East rivals from Philly in the Phillies. The Braves have been storming back lately. In fact, the Braves had the winningest record in all of Major League Baseball during the month of June. So congratulations to the manager, Snitger, and all the great Braves player, the baby Braves. Austin Riley, I think, is a guy that I saw over the weekend hit a dramatic massive home run in the eighth inning against the Mets to lead Atlanta to a victory. He and Mark Kekis homered back-to-back 
and the Saturday game for the Bravos. They got the series win against the Mets. The Washington Nationals are just behind the Philadelphia Phillies. The Mets and Marlins pull up the rear of the NL East. In the NL Central, hey, we have a tie atop the standings. The Brew Crew from Milwaukee and the Chicago Cubs, the Northsiders, are knotted at 45 and 39 in the standings. And they share that lead. They are both three and a half games on top of the St. Louis Cardinals right now, but a very tight race. In fact, the Pittsburgh Pirates are just a few games out. In fact, the Reds are just a few games out. Five and a half games is all that separates all five teams of the NL Central. What an exciting division in baseball right now. And then when you head out west, the Dodgers, they're looking really good this year. They have 57 wins already to their credit. And that is best in Major League Baseball. And the Dodgers, 57 and 29, are 12 games on top of the Rockies. Also are 13 games on top of the Padres. The Diamondbacks and Giants are pulling up the rear of the NL West. And that a quick look at the Major League Baseball standings going on right now. Reminder, again, All-Star Game next week. you got a little break for most of the players. They get two or three days off if they're not headed to Cleveland for that to some college news and a former quality control assistant for the louisville cardinals courtney braswell has been indicted on a theft charge in the chattanooga area and that's because that's where he used to work as a high school football coach the tennessee comptroller's office says braswell was coaching central high school in harrison tennessee a couple of years back when two semi-pro football teams paid to use that school's field for their home games, investigators say Braswell pocketed at least $2,400 rather than turning it over to the school. And now a grand jury has indicted Braswell on one count of theft of over $1,000. Now, Louisville hired Braswell in January. Braswell coached Ridgeland High School in Rossville, Georgia last year after spending two seasons at Central High in the Chattanooga area. And we'll find out what happens there as this quality control assistant has been indicted from the University of Louisville football program. A Houston Cougars update for you. Former Kansas guard Quentin Grimes has announced that he's going to be going to play for the Cougars. Grimes, the best transfer player still available in ESPN's ranking, chose Houston over Texas A&M. He's expected to apply for a waiver to be eligible to play for the American Athletic Conference football program in Houston. And he is a native of the Woodlands, Texas, in the Houston area. He's transferring to be closer to home. But a pickup there for the Cougs and Dana Holgerson, the head coach that came in to Houston from West Virginia. A big pickup there for that program as he's a transfer. And that is a look at sports. Recapping the weekend of sports here on Y'all Talk with a Southern Accent. We'll have a lot more college stuff coming your way on Tuesday. We'll take a look at some of the ACC news on Wednesday and a reminder on Thursday and Friday this week for our radio affiliates. It will be Encore Central, so nothing original. We'll be back with an all-new show on Monday. But we still got a couple of days of good stuff coming your way here on the Y'all Show. In fact, we got more good stuff on today's Y'all Show. After the break, stick around. The teller of tales from Takapola, Jerry Short, is coming on. Ain't no telling what he's going to be having for us today. You'll just have to stick around to find out. This is y'all. Message and data rates may apply. Up to eight messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Here's news so exciting, it'll put you right to sleep. Right now, Purple Mattress is celebrating the 4th of July by giving you 10% off your Purple Mattress. That's right. Get 10% off your purchase of a Purple Mattress right now during their huge 4th of July sale. 
This is your best chance to savor this true scientific breakthrough in sleep comfort. Purple is not memory foam. These patented new materials in a brand new design cradle your pressure points, suspend you in the feeling of weightlessness, and let you sleep cooler, deeper, and better than you ever imagined. And even better than waking up refreshed, waking up with all the extra money you saved. You can even try the Purple Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. Hurry, don't miss your chance to get a Purple Mattress with their best deal ever. 10% off for a limited time during the huge 4th of July sale. Get 10% off a Purple Mattress by texting TRY to 303030. Text TRY to 303030. That's T-R-Y to 303030. Blue Star Medicated Ointment gets five-star reviews from our loyal users for fast relief of the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. Blue Star soothes insect bites and fungal infections. It really works on the summer rashes I get every year. I had psoriasis on my elbows. Blue Star worked wonders. Amazing stuff. Smear a bit on and the itch is gone. Look for the white box with the blue star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. You're catering a wedding and the bride says, Everyone is raving about the hors d'oeuvres. My aunt was asking if you do corporate events. Now is the time when the right business card is essential and Vistaprint can help. Head to Vistaprint.com and you can customize 500 cards starting at just $9.99. You choose the paper, the shape, and the finish. Whatever your style, create a card that gives you the confidence to own the now. So head to Vistaprint.com and get 500 business cards starting at $9.99. Use promo code 2424 at checkout. That's Vistaprint.com, promo code 2424. It's the Y'all Show. This is where we discover all so much about the South. And each week when we are joined by Jerry Short, the Tale of Tales from Takapola, here on the show, we do learn so much about ourselves, our region, and just everything else in life when the Teller of Tales joins us. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, our number 803-816-1170. Would love from you to, to kind of let us hear from you this week. If you want to chime in and ask Jerry a question or share your own short story with the teller of tales, or maybe you have something 4th of July related, you just can't wait to tell somebody, we welcome that feedback again. Our number, 803-816-1170, our website, y'all.com. And you can also find us on Facebook at y'all.com on Facebook. Jerry, I know you've been on the Facebook page and checked out what all's there. Have you have you got it down and you got it figured out how to share and share to the whole world? Well, you know, I've got Takapola technology, so uh everybody else in Takapola's got it figured out but me. Now maybe I didn't live there long enough, but I'm pretty, I'm pretty much pretty much up to snuff. Yeah, and uh, what what so, what, are the, yeah. what are the what are the folks in Takabola? What do they think about all this social media stuff? Do they like Facebook and stuff like that? Well, un- yeah. For unfortunately for me, being to the old school, they uh they really do. There's a where I found my great granddaddy's uh, Confederate uh, burial monument. Uh, a person balked at that the house that was there was a friend of mine, and the uh, the uh, 
the money was delivered there by mistake and uh it rotted in a, ha- a house rotted and it fell in it was in the ground and this guy bought it uh not that many years ago about seven years ago and it was delivered in 1926 to headstone but anyway he is he works from his home with his computer and he so he's high tech and uh but he wanted to keep my grand uh great grandfather's uh civil war headstone i wouldn't let (laughs) so i picked it up and put it in my pickup and brought it home but i've got it i've got to locate his grave and put it in it uh but everybody else in tacopola i know they're pretty much up to snuff on definitely smartphones and uh and computers so uh yeah they're there the wives yeah how wives are yeah yeah i'd say predominantly wives the men might still rather not a mule, but ride a tractor. <laughs> so, well, you know, we like our we like our tacopolas of the world. Of course, if you are just tuning in to our installment with Jerry here today, uh, tacopola is not really the world's largest place. So, and it's kind of in the country too. So, for yeah, the yeah. good old World Wide Web to reach there is a great thing. Now, Jerry, I got to ask you. As you know, and I know both, we're on Facebook, and just about everybody listening to us right now have their own Facebook accounts, and congratulations on that. How would our ancestors, and the ones that you knew growing up in Takapola, how would they be able to adapt to Facebook if it were around when they were alive, or if they were here today? (laughs) Could you imagine your own family members from years past being on Facebook? Well, let's see. The number one... uh item associated with a facebook account would have been the commercial appeal newspaper out of memphis so uh i got a feeling it wouldn't go much further than that you're saying that the way that people in that area knew what was going on in the world would have been a newspaper back 50 oh, years gosh. ago my my granddaddy would send me to the mailbox downtown one if i was over in the summer on a buy on my bicycle or something and get that doggone newspaper there quick because he would read every word from page one to the last page and uh they knew i I think they knew a lot more current events then than we knew now for sure Hmm. and uh so i don't care if we have gone high tech and we do have facebook and we do have uh everything else associated with it they knew if it was in print when i had a lot more confidence in the media then than i do now as far as what they what they printed and what they put in the newspaper as being accurate i'm saying that they were probably ahead of the curve in tacopola in 1950 now you said you got that newspaper. How? Where would it have been on sale? It, well, they had a we had a uh, post office. Okay. And you had a post office box, and you had a combination on that post office box, and you would go down there, and it would be you know the post. Uh, they also delivered down the road, but uh, he had it put in the post in the, for some reason their mail because he liked to walk to town every day anyway. But uh, in town, their farm set on t- it set. Uh, it said in what would I guess be considered the city limits. Ah, so you're a city boy. Ha <laughs> ha. Gotcha. Yeah. Population uh maybe three hundred or five but they had about seven stores. And the sidewalks were wood, kinda like Dodge City. Uh-huh. 
So you didn't know if you was in Dodge City or Taco Po. So uh, we'd go to post. We'd go to post office. I'd go to post office, and they'd give me the combination. And of course, I'd take it out, and I'd get that commercial pill back to the house just as fast as I could. Of course, he was, you know, be 75, 80, 85 or so. And he's going to read every word in it. And I guarantee you it wasn't going to be anything he didn't know. Huh. And they had a few, uh, they had a few people that wrote columns that they wouldn't mi- miss their column. I think one was a Sims, as best I remember. And um, he wanted to know what that man had to say about the world. How about that? Uh, well, that was in the 50s. You're recalling that. I knew someone who actually grew up in Mississippi back in the 1920s, primarily, and they actually helped deliver the commercial appeal in Artesia, Mississippi, which is actually it's actually south of Columbus, way, way, way away from Memphis, Tennessee, probably right. two, two and a half hour drive. But he he told me, and this may have been the case in Takapolo, that they would get the newspaper delivered to them via the train, and that's how they were able to distribute it every day. Every day, everybody in way south of Columbus, Mississippi, were reading what was going on in Memphis. But I delivered the the Memphis had two newspapers, like most most cities had two newspapers. Memphis had the Commercial Appeal, which was the afternoon paper, and then they had the uh, I mean, it was a morning paper. And then they had the press cemetery, which was the afternoon paper. And they came in on a bus. And I I had a five-mile paper route. Not in Tacopola, but in a town close to Tacopola. And I had a five-mile paper route. And I got paid $2 a week uh, for that. uh, And the press cemetery didn't come out on Sunday. It was a a six-day paper. But I did that six days, five days, six, 30 miles. I got $2. Congratulations. <laughs> now I know how you live the high life. That's right. I did live the very high life. When my daddy found out, he finally asked me one day, son, how much money are you making on that paper route? Well, I'd, after school, I'd go down there and I would fold that paper just right. You could fold it a certain way and put it in your basket on your bicycle. And when you go by a house, you could throw that thing like a Frisbee. And before the invention of Frisbee, they should have taught me. I should have thought, gosh, why don't I invent a frisbee? <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't. But I could throw that. I could throw that folded paper and hit it in some in some older lady's uh, rocking chair on her front porch. But uh, he asked me. He said, "How much? You, how much money you make?" And I said, two dollars." He said, two dollars a day." He said, "I don't guess that's too bad for five miles because." They'd had to come get me out from a a dog got at me one night and I hid in a cupboard under the road. What a wimp! Top of the hill. I, well, I was only eleven or twelve. John. Yeah, but come on, give you, me a break. Can't let a know. dog scare you. Well, he was turning my bicycle over if I come down that hill too fast, and so I, my mom had to get out after dark and got me. So he asked me how much I was making, and I told him two dollars, and he's two dollars a day. He's well. I was going to make you quit, but I said, I said, no, sir, it's uh, $2 a week. <laughs> he said, well, I tell you what, I can get a lot more out of you putting some hay in the barn or doing something else. So my lifestyle changed when they found out that I was getting rich off of the Memphis Press Amateurs. <laughs> so anyway, yeah, as far as your high tech, uh, 
today and yesterday and over there. No, it, uh, it, a lot of people, you know, probably wouldn't have, uh, catered to that, uh, that change. Not then. People were real reluctant to change about on almost anything in the 40s and 50s and 60s. Well, you are old enough now, or I should say lucky enough to have grandchildren who are also probably on social media. And so your own grandkids can go on there and see what old grandpappy put out there for the world to see. Could you imagine what kind of stuff your own grandparents from Takapola might have been putting on Facebook today? Would they be quite as I guess word word. What would they post? Yeah, what would they post? Well, they would post it. Uh, old bird or old blue, the mew. One of them might be down with wandering uh, in the flu because it had too much uh, sweet feed, or they might put down that. Uh, gosh, we didn't get but uh, three five gallon barrels of milk to set down by the road this week or this day, or. Something, it'd be something farm related. I can guarantee you. And, uh, then of course, if something was coming along like Pearl Harbor, it would be something like that. It, they would grab, they would grab current events and they would grab farm events. And then they might say that, well, you know, Aunt Lucy had a toothache and she went to Oxford. She in her motor car. She went to Oxford or something. So it would, it would be something similar. Some about the same stuff, actually, we do, just in a different format. Well, can I pick on their grandson for a moment? Yeah, yeah you certainly can. Okay, well, I've seen your Facebook page lately. And, Jerry, you're like a lot of people out there. There have been times where you have taken multiple pictures of you right. out, out at a restaurant. Now, right. I bet you that would be one difference between you and grandparents, because I bet you're going to tell me <laughs> what, what I kind of already know. People in the old days, they didn't go out to eat. Uh, well, I had one set of grandparents that did. Oh, you did? Okay. Eat a lot. Yeah, my mother's. They, I mean, we, were, we stayed in Memphis at Redlands Cafeteria or something like that where they served you. And uh, you know, they had a cafe or two in the town they lived in. And uh, we would eat there for lunch a lot. And so that side did. But the other, my daddy's side, you're right. No, sir. I don't know if they knew where a restaurant was even located. <laughs> and I so, bet Takapola didn't help out. You probably didn't have Taco any Takapola did not help out. But, you know, that's one thing about the, you'd have to clean up. You'd have to get ready to go. And you you really weren't situated for that, uh, that task because, uh, well, we had to draw water on the back porch from a whale. You had to take a bath and a such and such. You might have a privy or something, you know. So just to get ready to go somewhere was a job. And you had to get up before daylight to milk the cows. So by supper time, by, by dark, the, the, uh, the kitchen table was covered over. Whatever cornbread was left was covered over. And uh, getting ready for biscuits and eggs the next morning. So uh, it took care of itself. And grandmothers then, and I'm mothers also, I'm sure could cook better than 90% of the restaurants today. So I certainly don't want to go into a restaurant that uh, Donald Trump's son would go to. <laughs> so, 
you just you just uh you know you just kind of roll with the flow and now my my mother's side was it was a lot of difference in my father's side of the family and my mother's side of the family uh because uh over on my mother's side of the family i mean they rode a lot and they were really artistic and but on the other side it was all about work mm-hmm. so you know it, it would have made a difference who so you are. The, the big question here you, with you, Jerry, our teller of tales from Tiger Polo, are you more like your mama's side or are you more like your daddy's side? Well, growing up, I was prouder of my daddy's side because they had fight a rattlesnake. It didn't matter to them. And the other side, they were just a little bit more like my mother would want me to, uh, she'd sign me up for double day book club. And then she would read Faulkner and, and Hemingway. And then, you know, she was way ahead of her time and things like that. But over on the other side, we were more cowboy, a lone ranger or something, you know. And the other side, it was more artistic and, and athletically, you know. Uh, the Tacopola side, they didn't have a clue about sports. Could have cared less about it. As a matter of fact, my aunt, she had, I don't think her daddy knew that she played basketball till after she graduated. She would have to slip off, leave her, uh, and this would have been in the late 30s. She'd have to leave her uniform at school, and she was a real good basketball player, real good basketball player. And they would travel with her, but... Uh, my granddaddy didn't know that. So, hmm. you know, it's, it's just, you can find stories of stories of stories under every rock you turn up. So that's what's, that's what's fun about looking back. You know, got to look forward. Yeah. But that's what's fun of looking well, back. It would be fun taking our, our ancestors and putting them on social media and see what, what kind of stuff. I, you know, one of my grandmothers was very vocal, and she would cuss you out in a heartbeat, no matter who you were. <laughs> I think she even ran off some preachers before. Um, the other one was real reserved, and both sweet, in my opinion, both great, great yeah. uh, ladies. Right in, the, right in their own way. Right. But, but, man, one of them was uh, heck on wheels when she needed to be, but uh, that's what made her special, Ma and Granny. I love them both, just like you love your grandparents. Hey, Jerry, we are not done with you. When we come back, hey, it is summertime. It's July 4th, and there's something I've just been meaning to ask you that's pretty darn southern. I don't know how much of this goes on in Takapola, but we'll ask you about catfish noodling when we come back on the Y'all Show. You don't want to Wait a minute. We call it grabbing. I'm going to already have to throw a All right. All right. Well, maybe (laughs) where you're from in Takapola, it's grabbing. But we'll have all that fun as we get ready for a big 4th of July as we wrap up our Y'all Show today. Stay with us. Blue Star medicated ointment works fast to relieve the pain and itch of almost any skin irritation. It's amazing. It's like as soon as you put it on, you can feel it working. We've had Blue Star in the family for years. It works on everything. I love the cooling sensation on my athlete's foot. What a relief for my eczema. Nothing worked on my dry, cracked skin until I tried Blue Star. Blue Star is great for scalp itch. Look for the white box with the Blue Star in the first aid section. Feel Blue Star work fast or your money back. 
Message and data rates may apply. Up to eight messages a month. TNC and privacy policy found at purple.com. Reply help for help or stop to cancel. Here's news so exciting, it'll put you right to sleep. Right now, Purple Mattress is celebrating the 4th of July by giving you 10% off your Purple Mattress. That's right, get 10% off your purchase of a Purple Mattress right now during their huge 4th of July sale. This is your best chance to savor this true scientific breakthrough in sleep comfort. Purple is not memory foam. These patented new materials in a brand new design cradle your pressure points, suspend you in the feeling of weightlessness, and let you sleep cooler, deeper, and better than you ever imagined. And even better than waking up refreshed? Waking up with all the extra money you saved. You can even try the Purple Mattress risk-free for 100 nights. Hurry, don't miss your chance to get a Purple Mattress with their best deal ever. 10% off for a limited time during the huge 4th of July sale. Get 10% off a Purple Mattress by texting TRY to 303030. Text TRY to 303030. That's T-R-Y to 303030. It is, y'all, and it's our final segment on this Monday edition. I'm John, joined by Jerry Short, the teller of tales from Takapola. We've been talking about Takapola a lot here today, and rightfully so. One of our great southern communities out there with the people that made it and the people that maybe still live there. If you're lucky enough to live in Takapola, hit us up sometime, 803 816 11 Saturday. We want to hear from you here on the Y'all Show. Well, Jerry, I don't know what the fishing around Takapolo is like, but since it's the 4th of July this week, a lot of people are hitting the lake, they're hitting the pond, and they're going out trying to catch a big one. And I was recently watching something on television about the sport of catfish noodling. Now, you told me before the break, you call it grappling, but it's something yeah. that uh, it looks a little crazy. So is that something what? done in Takapolo? Have you ever done it anywhere in the South? Oh, I've done it a lot. And, uh, you know, when you brought that up, uh, I, it brought me back to uh, one of my daughters. And I'm going to go back further in history, but it brought me back to 80, maybe 80, uh, uh, 88, 89. One of my daughter's best friends was uh, in El Paso. She uh, won the uh, Miss Teen USA pageant. And uh, one of the questions that they asked her, and she was 11th grader at the time, which was, was supposed to be a 12th grader, but she was 11th grader. And they, the question they asked her was some of the things that she had done and did and enjoyed doing around the little towns. She lived in a little town about like Takapo. And, but she went to school in the town where my daughter was. So anyway, uh, they asked her the things, and she said, yeah, we we go down the river, and we put and before before the season starts, the grabbing season starts, we put we liable to drop a washing machine or something like that in the water, and uh, then we come back during grabbing season. Which I was thinking about then. I think grabbing season ends about the middle of July and begins maybe the first of may but uh she's in this uh 
contest was about the end of July. So, uh, or the middle of July. And, um, she says, we go back and we catch these fish with our hands. Well, it floored this host of the show. I mean, you know, I, I mean, it just really floored him. And this would have been, been on national television back in the day. Oh, it was national TV. I think Donnie Marie did it either the night, the year before or that year. I don't remember what year he did. But it was a guy kind of like Donnie Marie and Osborne, the Donnie Marie Osborne show, if uh-huh. you ever watched and uh, it's kind of like Donnie Ottoman. Uh, but anyway, he, he was just floored. So he asked her a few questions about it. Well, I came home one afternoon after she was coming back and, you know, won that and all her glory. Probably won it because of her discussion about grappling. I wouldn't be surprised because I put a little Mississippi stuff on there. And then she had to show a picture of her playing basketball. So you could tell right off that she won your regular beauty Although she had been a big beauty pageant woman, and she had been world champion twirler at five different ages, and she was a future twirler in Ole Miss Bank. But anyway, make a long story short, she uh, she said that about all that. But when we come, when I come home that afternoon, this woman come out my door of my den, and I saw a, a television uh, car, a mobile car, was out front with the. Uh, letters the call letters of the tv station on and this woman come out and i looked at her and i knew she was the woman who did the show a lot at night and her name was hoda cogby oh hoda cogby of of, uh, the today show right she's on tv nationally now and she came out and she spoke to me but she was leaving and she had been in there with my daughter and wife and a couple more friends of this girl and i went in and i said wasn't that that girl from, uh, that, that was her first job she ever had, uh, Hoda Cogby. And I said, wasn't that, uh, wasn't that her? And she, they said, yes. And I said, what was she asking y'all? And all oh, they don't know all about this girl. And said, and then she kept asking about catching fish with their hand. <laughs> <laughs> nobody in there. They said, well, you should have got here in time where you could have told them about hand fishing because none of us knew, you know, worked a thing about it. So I always, I should have called Hoda Cogby up and tell her about grappling. But that, that brings me to uh, something we did, me and my friends back in, say, 61 or 62. We, uh, on the 4th of July, so you're talking 4th of July, and I was trying to think of something on the 4th of July, and these two kind of fit together. But uh, we, uh, our, our, one of my friend, Daddy, was like a professional grabbler. I mean, he could go out. I've been out with him and just kind of played around. And what what we'd do back in those days, the reservoirs had just filled up, and it had a lot of big old cypress timber in the reservoirs that had rotten and fell in. And now they they do it more. They make boxes and they gravel out of boxes. I think they don't they don't do it like we did at tents. So you take uh, old burlap sacks. And you'd fill them full of leaves where you could stop the end of the cypress logs up. And uh, this guy'd go with him, and you'd take a fishing pole, and you'd you'd swim real slow, and you'd get, each get on one end of the floating log, which would be submerged, and uh, and it'd be a hope, hope hope there would be a big catfish in there. Now uh, a flathead cat gonna run; they can run about 120 pounds, I think, and uh, 
I'd say 40, 50 pound would be a good average flathead grapple that you'd catch with your hands. Yeah. So we, we ended up and we got our boats. We got two boats and, and we went out there and we went down one of the streams that carried us into the lake. And back then being in the lake was like, uh, it was more like it wasn't a lake that you could water ski on or anything else because they left the timber in there when they flooded them. So you you were still in the woods, but you were in water. And then you were in snakes, and you were in everything else. It would be snakes hanging out of the trees, and but you kind of had to know where you was going. So we put in, and we paddled up to these places, and we stopped at this place. And it was a real good log that this boy's daddy had really – He'd got a 110-pound cat out of it one time. So we went in there, and I, I wasn't a grabbler. I was kind of a helper. And so we got over there to the place, and we were all kind of semi-helpers because we were, you know, we were 15 years old, and we'd go with his daddy and a couple of other older men and help them. But we'd take a fishing pole, and we'd swim around and get in one end of the log, and we would stop that log up. And then you'd take that fishing pole and you'd push it up in the log. And that would cause, if there was a cat in there, you could feel it. And the cat might go to the other end wide open. I've had them come to my end wide open, <clears throat> coming my way wide open, and almost knock me on back loose and you hanging on for your dear life. <clears throat> if a 100-pound catfish was to hit you in the stomach and you're floating around in the water, he's going to come at you like that. So anyway, we were out there doing that. And, there were snakes hanging everywhere, and then we, we got out in the doggone uh, middle of all of, all that stuff, and we were we were noodling or grabbling or hand-grabbling, and we were looking for yellow cats or we were looking for flatheads or we were looking for just whatever we could, you know, get in a catfish. Now, what the best I remember, you used to, uh, the, the female would lay her eggs in that log, and when, you know, they'd know where it was, these people, these professionals. And, and so this, we followed his daddy and did it. So they, they would, they would lay their eggs and then along would come the male catfish and he would fertilize the eggs. And then the female would leave. And then we would get, uh, go in there to catch them by hand. And the way you would do it, you would get down in the, in the, in the water and you would stick your arm and your hand in there. And then whoever was on the other end with that cane would shove the cane just a little bit. And when that cane would come up, that new, I guess you could call it noodling or what do you want to call it? But it, the catfish would come and bump your hand. Now it would be better to wear gloves, which I think people finally learned it. Uh, but we didn't have any gloves that day. Idiot. And I just had bare hand. Idiot. Yeah. Just, just having a good time on the 4th of July. But we didn't have anything else to do. So I got in there and you could kind of, you could feel when that, when that head comes in there on you, on you and those logs, you could kind of feel that wide span on that flathead cat and you could kind of feel him. And he kind of had whiskers on top, but you would just kind of noodle. And I think that's where they get that noodle. I never thought about that before, but you kind of, it's kind of like petting a little dog to try to get him to come up to you. And the, and the doggone cat would come up to you, and then he would open his mouth, and then you stick your hand in his throat. And then you try to get him in the gills, too, if you can. You get him in the gills, and you get him in the mouth, and then you all fight and get him out. Well, 
we all got and I, I had a I had a catfish stringer that I put in there and put around the gills and my hand was just cut all to pieces. But uh when we all all of us got got a hold of him and we're trying to get him in the boat. Well we turned the doggone boat over, the catfish got away, and the only thing that didn't get away was my busted knuckles, I guess. But uh you know, it was great fun and it's something that people it's an art that people it's really a sport. You know, I really consider it a sport. I would think it more stupidity, but if you want to call it a sport. Well, all right. <laughs> but you thought it. You said you saw something on it, and I don't know what you I saw. I think I saw it on like some kind of show like, can you believe these people are that insane? I think that might have been the channel. It was in the Insane Channel on TV. Insane Channel. Mine could have been on that dirtiest jobs in the world. <laughs> could have been on there, but I, I guess you lived to tell about it. So congratulations. Yeah. But we all, uh, you know, we got we got the boat turned over. We got it upright, and snake fell over in the oh, boat. Oh gosh, that's all right. We, we, all, we got to go on that one. We all had we all had a great time. Some of us have to have to sleep at night, Jerry. Since you ask about since you ask about grabbling, but we call it grabbling. Yeah, and uh, noodling, grabbling, whatever you want to call it. Uh, yeah. I think I'm going to pass if that opportunity ever comes my way hey before we get out of here with jerry i've got to pass along a personal note that got handed to me during your discussion there after you were talking about beauty queens i gotta give a special shout out to the new miss south carolina crowned over the weekend her name is morgan nichols and the reason i'm bragging on her i actually know her mother i actually attended her parents wedding some 20 something years ago and here she is the new miss south carolina oh god i I know that uh that's a good thing for you because when this girl won that it was like uh unbelievable to us her mother was a guidance counselor at our school yeah so uh you know it was it was and she grew up in my house from the time she was uh in diapers well, and, uh, I'm feeling pretty old knowing that this kid's, and I call her a kid, she just graduated from Clemson. She represented Clemson in the Miss South Carolina pageant. Uh, her parents, I went to their wedding back in the 90s. Her mother and I used to play together as kids, and here she is. I'm getting all teary-eyed. Her daughter <laughs> wins Miss South Carolina, and I'm not crying because I'm happy. I'm crying because, golly, Jerry, I'm old. I feel like I should be back in Takapola with you. Listen now, the thing to me, just keep your memory, okay? Yeah. Just hang on to your memory, and you'll be okay. Well, don't worry about getting old. You know, I'm I, I'm getting older every day, and if I thought about it, I don't know what I'd do. I'd go grappling, I guess. Yeah, well, that's what we need to do. I don't need to be thinking about beauty pageants and stuff like that. Jerry Short, Teller of Tales from Takapola. Thank you for the beauty queen and catfish grappling news. Well, congratulations to your friend. On <laughs> Not my friend. I never met her in my life, but... Uh, I was yeah. there when her parents got hitched, and here we are. Well, you you met her kind of semi met her. So. I guess so. I, I'd yeah. like like to say hello to her today. She's beautiful, yeah. and wish her well with think, Miss Miss America and all the other. You know, this is the time of year where you have your individual Miss whatever state competition going right. on. And I know Tennessee just crowned their queen, the first black Miss Tennessee was crowned over the weekend in Knoxville, and other I states. Didn't know that have done it and and all that they actually moved miss 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 tennessee moved from jackson to knoxville for the first time here this last weekend you moved for the pat where they have the pageant in it was thompson bowling arena this year but it's been in jackson at the carl perkins civic center it had always been in jackson it had been but they moved it and uh 
I don't know if it's coming back, but Jerry, you know, we hope you come back. I was going to say, one year the University of Mississippi had three state girls that were in the Miss America pageant. I know. Miss Missouri, Miss Tennessee, and Miss uh, Mississippi. Yeah, I know. And you uh, just. It's, and, I, and that was during my prime. Yeah, your but, prime. And I'm sad. I'm sorry that, Jerry, you couldn't use that catfish story for your own Miss america contest that you could have been a part of but you know, know I, you can transition these to, days and maybe you can go compete in one of these pageants and use that same story i don't know what pack up you pick me out a pageant let's check it out uh, i miss miss mississippi you could go sign up i mean i'd like well, to that's see right. that's legal now it is go for it i dare you and i probably would get i would probably get some benefits out of it yeah. also yeah you know <laughs> that, they'd be all for it jerry short yeah. thank you sir have a good rest of your day and happy fourth Thank you. You too. All right. Well, that will conclude our Monday, y'all. Y'all stick around here for the Tuesday, y'all show. We'll look at Southern politics. We'll have the barrister of Bodacious Barbecue dropping by. All the fun and more on Tuesday. You don't want to miss it. Until that time, I'm John Rawl signing off of the y'all show.